Will sound, Scotty. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! the stinking pause podcast the first episode of 2021 the year everybody i think was looking forward to but then again not much has bloody changed scott here hello paul i think we're quite right in saying that mate and we covid didn't mysteriously disappear did it on december the 31st um um, no no and we're still here on skype rather than in person (laughs) i'd like talking to you however it's done whether it be in person or over Skype or whatever, but the disadvantage of, of talking to you over Skype is that we don't get as pissed as we normally do. Mm, is that a disadvantage? <laughs> well, it depends what how you view our reviews, you know, whether we're under influence or not, you know. Do we make more sense? I certainly don't make more sense when I've had a drink, I know that. Look at the, no. the review of The Crow, for example, um, in which I probably did not say six words. <laughs> Well, those that you did say didn't make a lot of sense. No, exactly, exactly. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be Skype for the foreseeable, mate, you know, until some sort of, like, restrictions get lifted at some somewhere along the line. Um, We've got four episodes still in the bag. The plan was over Christmas and the new year. We were going to put out the four movie reviews that we did for a potential other podcast didn't we we were going to do this 80s podcast we we were Uh, we (laughs) we probably still are at some point um and we were going to use it just to sort of plug the gap between christmas and the new year and before we got together now and that never happened so we've still got these four episodes in the bag that we can use at some point but we decided we wanted to get together january and record something fresh and it was my choice and you've just reminded me you said something old something classic that we haven't covered and potentially something you haven't seen now have you seen this i haven't no no um i want i want to be educated more <laughs> on uh, these movies that i've never seen and should have okay so with that in mind I, I did throw a few because back in the early days of stinking paws we covered a lot of the big ones a lot of the big movies and you know everything you're throwing back at me. I'm like, we've done that. We've reviewed that. We've, you know, surprisingly, we haven't reviewed To Kill a Mockingbird. So hopefully you've seen it now. Otherwise, this is going to be a very short podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just going to make it up as a go along. <laughs> this will be good. First time watch for you. Not quite golden age of Hollywood, but you know, Oscar-winning performances. One of the legends of Hollywood in there. Early performance. A future Hollywood legend. It's got it all going, hasn't it? This one, I think. Yeah. Okay. 
We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Take a break. We'll be back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, Gregory Peck. The world never seems as fresh and wonderful, as comforting and terrifying, as good and evil, as it does when seen through the eyes of a child. For a writer to capture that feeling is remarkable. And perhaps that is why one book in the last few years has been so warmly embraced by tens of millions of people. To Kill a Mockingbird, winner of the Pulitzer Prize and just about every other award a book can win. And now, happily, To Kill a Mockingbird becomes a motion picture and its memorable characters come vividly alive. That Scout, some people call her Jean Louise Finch, but she insists on Scout. And that's her brother, Jim. Just a boy until the day he learns there is evil in the world. And Atticus Finch, the father, whose devotion to justice places him and his children in jeopardy. I've been appointed to defend Tom Robinson. Now that he's been charged, that's what I intend to do. You've taken his... You'll excuse me, Mr. Ewell. What kind of man are you? You got children of your own. Atticus, Jim says his watch is going to belong to him someday. That's right. What are you going to give me? There's a pearl necklace. There's a ring that belonged to your mother. You want to tell us what really happened? I got something to say. And if you ain't gonna do nothing about it, then you're just a bunch of lousy, yellow, stinking cowards! To Kill a Mockingbird, released in 1962, directed by Robert Mulligan, based on a novel by Harper Lee, starring Gregory Peck, Brock Peters, and an early performance, an early appearance here for Robert Duval. Hmm. Mm, you did spot him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very quick summary. Um, 1962 movie. I mean, I'm doing this off, off the bat here, mate. I'm not reading any synopsis or anything, but tells the story of a, the adventures of a couple of small-town kids whose father's a widower, local town lawyer, and it's sort of like split in between the, the activities of the kids' everyday school life and what they get up to during the summer. And yeah. then it's mixed in with the overriding story of the father's defence of a local black man who's been accused of rape. That about sums it up. And it's yeah. good night from me. Yeah, it, and it <laughs> sounds really heavy and really depressing. And in certain places, it is a bit heavy. Let's, before we even get to the film... This was one of the texts I studied at O-Level. This was my book that we had to do. Right, yeah. Um, a lot of my schoolmates did, but mm. in my class, unfortunately, I had Julius Caesar and The <laughs> Hobbit, I think, as the, well. The, the Hobbit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think we had that. We had Macbeth was our Shakespeare, and Twelfth Night, I think we had the two. But this was, you know, and, and I, I hadn't read the book. Surprisingly, I hadn't read the book going into my study of it but I had seen the film as a kid <laughs> because when we was given the book and I was flicking through it and I said to my teacher I said was this made as a movie there's something to do with a dog being shot he went oh you've seen the movie we've got that lined up this is back in the early days of video you know, VHS's yeah. as well so we will be showing you bits from the film during your study of it 
so I'm very familiar with the book because obviously I studied the text completely for O level, and then I think I've read it three or four times as an adult since. Wow. Um, but it is. I will tell you now. It's very, very faithful to the book. Just to give you. Oh, that okay. Idea. okay. Which is good because some movies are a bit Hollywoodized and. Uh, yeah dramatised in places they shouldn't be, aren't they? Oh, every element of story is there, and even the way you picture the characters to be on the page, they've got it. Uh, Gregory Peck, perfect, perfect casting as Atticus mm. Finch. So, I need your initial reaction, mate. First time watch for a bit. It's a big movie. This is a big movie, so I need to know where we're going with this conversation. Well... I sat down to watch it, I think, Thursday evening. And I got about 10 minutes in and I was getting fidgety. And I stopped it because I, I just don't think I was in the right frame of mind for it. Yeah. And I went back to it this morning, sat down, wide awake sort of thing. Hmm. And watched it the whole way through without checking my phone, without doing anything <laughs> like that. Um and yeah, it surprised me how much it gripped me. It, it was um, very well acted and portrayed by them. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it was a very entertaining film on a very harsh subject. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I was worried that if you weren't familiar with the story or where it was going to go, that that first sort of 30, 40 minutes is like, well, there's nothing happening. It's just kids playing during the summer uh, I, holidays isn't it because that, that's the sort of yeah thing, that's all there I, is to I it i think that's why i originally turned it off on that first night because mm. I, I just wasn't sort of the attention span wasn't there yeah and i thought now i'm, I'm gonna give this the credit it deserves and and give it a watch when i am like wide awake <laughs> oh i'm glad you did then because it's obviously sort of struck home with you a little bit by the sound of it it's one of those old classics that it sounds like you've you've had a good time watching so i'll go straight to the top of the tree here with possibly one of my favorite actors of all time now you know i love jimmy stewart harry grant gregory peck they were the three that yeah when i was first making my journey through finding out about hollywood they were the three actors that i focused on and he won the bloody Oscar for this, you know, 1962, whenever it was. You, you're aware of Gregory Peck. You've seen a few Gregory Peck movies in the past, mate. I mean, but this one, he totally dominates the whole story and dominates every single second that he's on the screen, doesn't he, in this? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've seen him in... In fact, we watched him recently in Cape, Cape Fear. Fear. Cape Fear, we did, yeah. Yeah. He is just natural at playing himself, if you know what I mean. It most characters you see him in are are just what you imagine him to be like. Yeah, yeah, a bit like Jimmy Stewart sometimes. And also, you saying about Cape Fear, similar characters here as well. You know, lawyers with a young family. All right, yeah. he's married in Cape Fear, but. Um, yeah, I didn't realise both lawyers, aren't they, in both movies? Um, yeah, and he—he is—he is just one of those actors you can't dislike him. You might not love him, but you, you can't—you can't say he's not a good actor. 
Um, it, it just it never seems overacted with him. He makes it look so easy, doesn't he? Yeah. It's, it's just is it? They always say this when they compare Jimmy Stewart, and they say, "Oh, Tom Hanks is the modern equivalent." But Tom Hanks does have that sort of quality as well. When you watch certain Tom Hanks movies, you think, "Oh, he just makes it look so easy." He's, mm, he's not yeah. acting at all. He's being Tom Hanks there. Okay. So we've we've got the big one out of the way. That's Gregory Peck. We'll come back to him at some point. Obviously, we've got to talk about the kids. I mean, conversations we've had before: child actors, good or bad. Where, where do we stand with these two? Along the same lines as um, Tatum O'Neill in uh, <laughs> Paper Moon, yeah, Paper Moon. But so natural. Um, Scout, obviously, a bit younger. Um, not, not as natural as as the boy Jem mm-hmm. uh, Philip Alford. Yes, um, he he was fantastically good actor. Mm-hmm. You, you never saw him even slightly like look for a cue or <laughs> do do something like overly. Yeah. There was a couple of points on Scout. Just saw it a little bit. Okay. Yep a little bit too dramatic sort of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, those two were great. Um, Dill. I was, was going to say, you can't, you can't mention these two without mentioning Dill as well. What about poor old Dill? It's got a, <laughs> it's got a face only a mother would love. <laughs> what, mother of a chipmunk? <laughs> My life. It, first time I saw him, I was like, really? It's just, it. I don't know, it just looked like a, Fully grown nerd in a boy's body, didn't he? He just. <laughs> but that's exactly how you picture him in the book. It is perfect <laughs> casting yet again, and the same with the the poor family. You know, with the the the, the kid that's um, they bring uh, home Walt, for dinner. Walter. Yeah. 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 And and it's exactly how it's written on the page. Fair play to the casting director and whoever is responsible for getting this group of people together, because. I think what what happened was the book was so popular and so well loved, and it was only written two three years before. I think it was one of yes, nineteen sixty. I think yeah. There you go. It's a case of like right, we've got to adapt this quick while you know, strike while the iron's hot. Um, and they had to get it right, and, and they did. They absolutely yeah. did. I mean, you don't you don't read particularly now, do you, mate? If, if I was no. to say to you, pick that novel up and have a look at it, you, you probably wouldn't anyway. But read the back page. <laughs> if this has got some football results in it, you're not even going to bother looking at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is a cracking novel and a cracking adaptation of that novel. Now, did you recognise Brock Peters from anywhere? Yeah, I did do a little IMDb on him and I. If I remember rightly, he's been in a couple of Star Trek. In the movies, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Admiral, yeah, Admiral he did have that face, so you just think, where do I know him from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he did a couple of movies over in the UK in the 60s as well. Um, and I think he actually had British accent in it. He was playing Jamaican-British guys, I think. Right, yeah. Um, but this is obviously his most famous role. So you've gone into this. You don't know the story. It's 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 plodding along, but it's it's sort of picking up on your interest a little bit because you're thinking there's something going on because you've got the kids are playing. Do you get the element of the, what's going on in the Radley house? You know? Yeah. 
Uh, I'm guessing mm. the pop group, the Boo Radleys, got their name from this film. Well, where else would they have got it from? I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until they said, oh, the Radleys, yeah. oh, Boo. I'm like, Boo Radley? <laughs> Wake up, it's a beautiful That's morning. It. Yeah, blimey, that was mid-80s, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, 85, yeah 86, I think so. Possibly. Yeah, the Boo Radleys. And so, so you've got this this element of that storyline in the background with the things being put in the hole in the tree and it's like, okay, and they're, they're dropping hints about Boo Radley having done something a little bit yeah, sinister in the I, past. I, I, in the early part of the film, before they mention the court case, mm. that's where I thought the film was going. I thought it was going to be possibly an endearing friendship turns out between... Oh, the right. person in there, which obviously they did touch on right at the end, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I didn't see that it was going to turn into a bit of a courtroom drama for like half hour of the film. It doesn't, um, doesn't it? But in the background, you've still got this unresolved Boo Radleysness mm. because you you haven't seen him up to you know right to the end, as you say, um, and you're thinking, well. <laughs> Remember this thing we said about Chekhov's gun? If you're going to introduce something in the first act, you better get it resolved before the end of the film. Sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, okay, they've forgotten about that side of the story. We've now developed into the whole breaking up of the wardrobe and the rape and the court case and all of this business going on. And then even after that's resolved, it then goes into the scene at the school, dressing up as the ham and all this. We'll come to the end in a minute. Um the ham. <laughs> Good, get out of the way now. How bad was that? <laughs> oh, dear. It still tickles just, me now. I've seen this film so many times, it still tickles me, that whole costume. It's just like there's no arms. There's no... <laughs> literally just plonked on top of her so she can see out the top. It must have taken ages. It was that all paper mache or something yeah. like this, you know? <laughs> But we get, let's say the main focus of the story, what it all builds up to is that central court case that dominates the middle part of the film. So we're only hearing it from what's going on in the court from their point of view, don't we? Because we're not, we're sort of getting a bit of background because obviously Atticus goes to see the families and sort of gets a bit of story from the, you know, the the mother and the father and the brothers and the yeah. sisters and all that sort of stuff. But it's not until we get to the court itself and you see the cross-examining and the questioning and instantly you, you don't you don't know where this is going to go because for you, obviously, first time watch, you've got no idea no. What, what, what... Um, I don't think it's any secret to, for me to reveal that... You know, Brock Peters has only got one arm or a withered arm. Yeah. When you get to that reveal, first time watch, how did, how did it hit you, mate? Ah, well, I spotted it coming. Oh, did you? <laughs> it was when he was asking about the black eye, which. Sorry, uh, the face. What I was mm. black. And I thought, immediately, I thought, he's going on what hand this yeah. guy hits with. I didn't guess that he'd have. A hand that didn't work. You thought his left handed or was time. going on left handed, right handed sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, so so that 
wasn't perhaps so much of a a surprise as it would have been to other people that have seen it for the first time. It does get surprisingly dark. You know, the whole racial tension thing, the lynch mobs driving around the streets. Yeah. Yeah, when they all turned up at the uh, police station in the middle of the night when he was sitting outside. How cool is that Uh, scene? That is just... Yeah. Because that was proper old-fashioned pitchforks sort of it was, thing, it, wasn't they were just, it? It was just missing like the burning torches, wasn't it? It looks yeah. like the end of a Frankenstein movie. Yeah, come to burn the witch on a yeah. stake. <laughs> but how cool is it that a man just sitting there in a suit, <laughs> in a rocking chair, just tells them all to fuck off, basically? <laughs> the thing is... It- when he went there, he took his standard lamp with him, didn't he? Brilliant. He sat there as if he's on his front porch. You know, it's just like... <laughs> but that, how cool is that? That is Gregory Peck cool, mate. You know, they say Steve McQueen was the king of cool. I think Gregory Peck had it fucking nailed down, you know, five, yeah, six years before. nothing ever flusters him. He, he, yeah. He's just there and got, like, 20 people turn up all with rifles standing in front of him. Yeah, but then... You know, obviously, because we've seen what's gone on before, there's this marvellous sort of hidden backstory that he was the best shot in the town, or the county, or whatever it may have been, and has never picked up a rifle in years, because he's the one that's called upon to kill the rabid dog. Yeah. Yeah, that was was a bit weird, that scene, because, I mean, obviously, I all said, oh, it's a mad dog, and I'm thinking, it's just a dog that's barking. (laughs) But obviously, back in the 30s when this is set, mm-hmm. there probably was quite a bit of rabies in that in America. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but they know a mad dog better than I would know a mad dog. Because <laughs> he sings like, I mean, I'm no expert, but is it things like squirrels and that can pass it on or something? Oh, yeah. And, and most creatures can pass it yeah, on. Yeah. So, you know, at, at where they are as well in the country, you know, fox, yeah. fox, foxes, been, uh, the dog's been bitten by a squirrel or something wherever it may be but yeah so you've got this really sort of like dark side to Atticus or this unseen side this unknown element to him and it just makes him more of a hero in Jem's eyes Mm. because they've only been brought up by their father They, they had no maternal influence apart from Calpurnia who was their you know adopted mother almost you know she 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 treated them as if they were their own kids oh yeah i mean there was the one scene where she uh dragged scout away from the table when they had guests around yeah and i'm like you're letting (laughs) that person's like manhandling your kids yeah just like grabbed her by the arm and sort of almost threw her around and it's like Okay, I wouldn't let anyone do that to my kid, but no. different times. Different times, and it's just like, yeah, well, brought up to respect your elders, brought up to have a bit of manners, which is what she's trying to drum into her. Yeah. You know, he's your guest. You you, you, you treat him with respect. But, yeah, that always sort of hit home with me throughout the book as well, that she is the overriding maternal influence uh, mm. in the movie and the book. But then also, you know, you've got the whole thing about Calpurnia's family and, and you know, the whole black segregation of the, of the of the village of the town as well, you know, in their own church. And, you know, you've got the poor quarter of town. Yeah. And you've got the blacks. And then you've got the central part of town as well, which is, you know, where Atticus works and the sheriff. And and they all come together. And, and it does just create tension, 
you can just tell that these people do not mix from those three or four different elements of society. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, it is difficult to imagine because as, as much as there's still racism and that over here to a degree, mm. we've never experienced segregation. No, but it just highlights... I don't know, the whole thing, it was, it was just an eye-opener for me as a, a 14-year-old when I first read the book. And I just love it now, you know, even as an adult. I, I watched this, this uh, you know, a secret here. I watched it this weekend, obviously, for yeah. the show. Do you know the last time I watched it? New Year's Eve. No. <laughs> so, like, four weeks ago. Yeah. I'd watched it New Year's Eve. That might have been part of the reason it influenced me to choose it, because wow. I just watched it and I thought, Do you know what, Paul needs to see this. And I, I know, and having a second viewing so quickly after the first one, like you say, four weeks apart, it, I still was watching it and you know, edge of the seat stuff and you know, f- spotting things I hadn't seen before. And Robert Duvall, let's do, quickly, Robert Duvall. How well? How young is I, that man? Yeah, I, obviously, <laughs> prior to the movie, or sort of actually whilst it was on as well, I was just checking like the cast and that, mm. and it said Robert Duvall as Boo Radley, <laughs> and so I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm thinking, is he actually in this movie? <laughs> oh, I missed him. Was he in a crowd scene or something? Yeah, and then obviously they're coming back from the Halloween thing, whatever, where she was, was dressed as the ham. <laughs> and that's another thing. Like this, you've got a 10 year old and a six year old yeah. walking through the woods at 10 o'clock at night on their way home. Yeah. But again, it's, it's of, of its time, isn't it? Like you said. Yeah. Um, and obviously get chased by the drunk his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can't think of his name character this mysterious person comes out and saves them yeah. and carries uh, Jem home and you still don't see him as such no and then it's another 10 minutes where <laughs> they've called the doctor they've called the sheriff They're all, he's obviously had time to wrap his broken arm up Mm. in bandage and put him to bed yeah and he's standing behind the bloody bedroom door that no one has noticed well i think they have i think they're aware that he's there all right okay what it is i think he's just a sense of mystery to the kids because mm. the adults all know about boo radley that they're fully aware that right. he's the radley's son and something happened 20 years earlier that caused him to be a recluse or whatever we don't know do we don't know what this incident is um so they're fully aware that the whole radley's of this family and you know they've probably had some dealings with him in the past you know they know who he is and and, and you know his, his place in, in in the village it's just the kids that have never seen him and it's just like you know it's like every every town has one of those crazy old men that live in a house you know <laughs> well Gillingham's definitely got one thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> you know that the kids torment you know you, you, yeah there's, there's always some house you shouldn't go near yeah, or you, 
you know, yeah. you know, some evil old man lives there, or a witch, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and Boo Radley was this because he, there was this air of mystery about him. The, the the kids just didn't know who he was, but I think the adults he was familiar. He was familiar to them. They they were fully aware of who he was. Um, and I like to think that that's the beginning of him being sort of integrated back into society as well now. You, you do get that feeling that that wouldn't have been just a one-off interaction with like Scout and Jem. Yeah. You, you you do feel that there might have been a a friendship there to grow from that. Yeah, that's the thing because it all starts off, doesn't it, with the little toys and the carvings and that being put in the in the hole in the tree trunk. Yeah, and then who who was it that cemented it up? Was that his father? I think it was or... his dad. Yeah, right. it, was, it wasn't Gregory Peck. I think it was Mister Radley. Yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, not being funny, I'd question someone adding cement to a tree. <laughs> <laughs> what else would you use back then? <laughs> I, I just like it's like okay I've never seen anyone cement a tree in before <laughs> perhaps it was the done thing back in the 30s mate. Yeah. who knows so generally I think I'm getting the feeling here that you quite like this I did it was I was worried about the slow pace of it to start with mm. um, because as, as you said that the first half hour is just about the kids and the summer holiday and just doing kid things. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of started to develop with the court case and that. So, yeah, it, it was a very – going back to the court case, I mm. mean, obviously I didn't know what the verdict was going to be. Yeah. First time watch. And I, I was sort of surprised by the verdict, but not. Okay, right. Because right. it obviously pointed towards he was innocent. Yeah. Because this young woman had just made shit up um, to save her father going to prison and more also, than anything. And also, you've got Atticus defending him as well. So come on, he's got to be like, you know, yeah. the super lawyer here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the 1930s. Unfortunately, they wouldn't believe a word of a black man yep. over a white woman. Yep. It was annoying, but obviously this is a story well, mm-hmm. based on truth, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. And then the, the obviously Tom Robinson allegedly tried to run away and then got shot, which well, I you seriously know. have yeah, my you, doubts. You know. Incidentally, Tom Robinson wasn't named after this Tom Robinson, was he? <laughs> Going on about Boo Radley's. He's just... Yeah. <laughs> Musical connections all the way through this. Um, Bruce Willis's daughter and um, Demi Moore's daughter, Scout, is named after this character, apparently. Ah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so classic Hollywood movie. We're not talking Golden Age, we're talking early 60s, but it's still, you know, Oscar winning... Are you quite happy that you've seen this now? You're quite willing to continue your journey about looking into other great movies that you may have missed previously and and giving them a bit of a fair crack at the whip, mate? Yeah, definitely. Um, Thoroughly enjoyed this and would would definitely sit down to watch it again Mm -hmm. and recommend it to anyone that asks. It it is a genuine classic, isn't it? You can't deny that. It's, it's, It's... when you see it in people's top tens, mm. quite rightly it deserves to be there for you know certain people to to do that. 
I wonder if this film was on Netflix or Amazon or whatever that they put one of these uh, advice things on it because it does say the N-word a few times. Yeah, it probably in does. perfect context. They did it for Gone uh, With The Wind, mate. Yeah, recently, yeah, they did. Didn't they? Oh, yeah. Recently, you know, Attitudes of the Time or something like that. I can't remember they worded yeah. it, but yeah. Highly recommended. If you were to... Give it a well, I know where your rating will go for this. Go on, give it a rating. Oh, you haven't thought about it. No, I hadn't. Oh. <laughs> um I'd probably say a nine out of ten. I'd I'd have been disappointed if you'd gone any less. Yeah. It, it um, it's it's very good. Um I'm not gonna say it's my favourite movie of all time, but it is uh, definitely one of the best films I've watched in the last year or so. Oh, that's good. That's because <laughs> previously there was another black and white movie that you would just absolutely love, which was Paper Moon. Even though it was Paper a Moon little bit late, you, you, I, th yeah. I think you enjoyed that more actually as well. Yes, yeah. Um, this is good. We're going in the right direction. As long as we don't hit anything that resembles Mildred Pierce, I think it'll um, be all right. Yeah, stay away from the old <laughs> film noir. <laughs> it is a bit marmite, the film noir. You really have to be into that hard-boiled detective, gritty, you know, black and white movies from the forties to to appreciate them. And some people yeah. don't, which is fine, which is absolutely fine. Um, I just know that from now on, you're not going to get the Maltese Falcon or anything like that from me now. No, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a bit more Gregory Peck might be in order. Roman Hol yeah, Roman he's, Holiday he's... will be on the list for you. That's for sure. Yeah, yep. he's, he's easy to watch mm. as well. So, some actors are sort of hit and miss um, depending on the film, but I, I just think whatever the film he's in, it, it, it's just, yeah, you don't have to give it 100% attention. He, he just draws you in. Yeah, yeah. He made a few dodgy movies like most actors do, but, you know, his hit rate was bloody good. So... Um, yeah, I'll find some more Gregory Peck, I think, in future for you to have a little look at when it comes down to it. Uh, Five-star movie for me, mate. Always has yeah, to be. Always yeah, will be. doesn't yeah, surprise me. Always will be. Okay, that was To Kill a Mockingbird. What we'll do, mate, we'll take a little break. I think it's down to you to choose the next one, so we'll be back after this. She did something that in our society is unspeakable. She kissed a black man. Not an old uncle, but a strong, young, Negro man. No code mattered to her before she broke it, but it came crashing down on her afterwards. The witnesses for the state, with the exception of the sheriff of Macon County, have presented themselves to you gentlemen, to this court. And the cynical confidence that their testimony would not be doubted. Confident that you gentlemen would go along with them on the assumption. The evil assumption that all Negroes lie. All Negroes are basically immoral beings. All Negro men are not to be trusted around our women. 
an assumption that one associates with minds of their caliber. And which is in itself, gentlemen, a lie. Which I do not need to point out to you. And so, a quiet, humble, respectable Negro who has had the unmitigated temerity to feel sorry for a white woman has had to put his word against two white peoples. The defendant is not guilty. But somebody in this courtroom is. Now, gentlemen, in this country, our courts are the great levelers. In our courts, all men are created equal. I'm no idealist to believe firmly in the integrity of our courts and of our jury system. That's no ideal to me. That is a living, working reality. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Okay, so that was To Kill a Mockingbird. Seems to have gone down pretty well with Paul. All, all happy with that one, mate? I'm very happy with that one. Okay, so with that in mind, I think you're heading down classic territory once again, aren't we? I am always trying to further my education of classic movies. Okie doke. So you suggested I just choose an actor and look through that way. So I chose Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie I've chosen happens to be a Hitchcock film with Grace Kelly in as well. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Go on. <laughs> and it is To Catch a Thief. And you haven't seen this? Not to my knowledge, no. It was on over Christmas. It was definitely being screened on the BBC. But then you worked for most of Christmas. I did indeed, yes. Um, it's on most Christmases, mate. <laughs> it is a typical... Big, widescreen, brightly coloured Alfred Hitchcock movie set in the south of France. He's a cat burglar. You know, it's it's is suspense. There's all the Hitchcock elements in there. I said to you off air just a second ago, it's not the greatest Cary Grant, it's not the greatest Hitchcock, it's not the greatest Grace Kelly movie. But when you get all three of them together in a movie, yeah, it's there's, a, be. there's a bit yeah. of magic there, isn't there? There's got to be something. Um, I don't want you to come away disappointed. I, th- I think you'll get, you'll get something out of this. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, let's give it a go. We, so, To Catch a Thief will be our next episode. Yeah, cool. Well, that's been the Stinking Pauls. So I've been Scott. He's been Paul. We'll be back hopefully in a few weeks' time, mate. If we're not, we'll squeeze out some of those 80s episodes, I think, just to, to fill in the gap. Why not? All right, mate. Speak to you soon, mate. Cheers, buddy. See you later. Bye.
The management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you fail down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown. Try positive thinking. Laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side. On hope so much depends With your confidence sinking Positive thinking Helps you on the way, my friend When things look black Try positive thinking Treat every season as spring No glancing back Try positive thinking Trust what tomorrow may bring This crazy world that we live in We'll keep on spinning round But with good, strong, positive thinking We'll get together and life won't let us down Shut up, you ugly bitch Oh, shut up, we enjoy it